Proverbs chapter 22, verse 29 says, Do you see a man skillful in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. Fellow Marketplace Christians, stop apologizing and start winning. Welcome to the Success Edge, the show that helps you take your walk as a Marketplace Christian to the next level. Here's your host, Christian entrepreneur, Tyler McCart. What's going on, Kingdom Success listeners? Tyler McCart coming at you, episode 344. Uh, always excited to do an episode with you guys. I'm just driving to the road. Um, and whoo, just always like to talk to you guys in this kind of format uh, right here. And appreciate you just actually listening. Um, you know, I believe that more and more people will, uh, you know, find this podcast and listen to this podcast. But for all you guys that have been faithful listeners over the nine years uh, that we've been doing this podcast, I just appreciate it uh, big time and uh, am honored. Glory to God on that. So, I, if you, you know, I haven't mentioned this in a little while, but, you know, you always want to kind of take the five episode challenge. Uh, and, you know, if this is your first time actually listening or, or, you know, you might need to kind of get caught back up, um, you know, always kind of go back to the five episode challenge. Go back to the last five episodes, kind of get caught up that way because, you know, kind of, Usually there's a running theme, you know, because I do these based upon what I'm learning right now, what I'm experiencing in the Word, or, you know, what the Lord is kind of working through me and with me on. And because I'm in the marketplace, because I'm not a pastor or an evangelist or anything like that, I just come from a unique perspective of just being able to communicate what God's kind of placed upon my life. You know, again, you know, I praise God for the, uh, for the anointing of my life, but, you know, I've, I'm able to kind of communicate a little bit about what is going on in my life and being able to tie it into the Word and being able to use it. And, again, I am not a pastor. I have not gone to seminary school and learned anything. So go back and take the five-episode challenge. And, you know, I've been talking a little bit about money, and uh, as of late, or at least, uh, you know, the no toil mentality, you know, some kingdom economics of sowing and reaping. So all this kind of ties into just something I want to, I've been kind of holding off from telling this story because I, I'm in the middle of it, uh, quite honestly. And I feel like it's kind of come to a head. I feel like the Lord wants me to kind of tell the story and share this with you guys. Uh, I believe that we're, uh, I'm very close to actually kind of finalizing everything up and I feel like it's time to actually share the story. So as you guys know, I'm a big believer, I'm a big believer in how the kingdom of God operates. I'm a big believer that you should study how the kingdom of God operates. The more I read this um, in my quiet time this morning in the book that I'm reading right now. I read, uh, and I'm not going to quote it verbatim, uh, so this is kind of my take on it. The more, the more time that you can spend in the Word, and the more time that you can kind of get to know the Word of God, and the more that you actually kind of develop a relationship with the Lord, what happens is, 
is the more that you actually start to see how God works and how God moves about. So this 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 whole thing what I'm what I'm experiencing right now is something that several years ago, probably whenever I was, you know, 22, 23, 24, 25 years old, I would have loved for somebody to have shared this episode with me and or had told me or had, you know, sh- had kind of taught me or kind of at least it told a story about how this would work. So, you know, in, in the Bible, uh, as you guys know, there's a, there's a great verse this, that says, and again, I'm paraphrasing as I'm driving. It's basically in Mark chapter 11, verse 24. I think so, 24. Uh, and it basically says, you know, whatsoever you pray for, believe that you receive it and you shall have it. Okay. So let me kind of tell you the story and then I'm going to tell you kind of the principles behind it. I guess let me tell you the principles and then you'll see the story kind of unfold. So I, I believe that the other thing that God does, God orders your steps and you're not here for by accident. There's, I believe somewhere in the book of Psalms or book of Proverbs, somewhere in there, you know, that talks about how God orders your steps. And there's even somewhere, I think in Psalms where it says that God busies himself with your every step. I think that's in the Amplified classic uh, that I'm quoting from. So as, as you kind of start to kind of put this in your mind, you know, that you're here for a reason. God, God just didn't create you just to, you know, take up space. That's, that's definitely not the case in, of it. Uh, there was a book that came out many, 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 many years ago called The Purpose Driven Life. And the first, I think the first sentence of that book, uh, I don't believe I've even, I don't think I've even read the entire book. I just remember reading, you know, opening up and maybe to Barnes and Nobles and kind of reading the first you know, a couple pages, but I always found it very interesting. Uh, the very first, I think it's the very first sentence in that book. Uh, it says, um, it's not about you. <laughs> it's not about you. So you're here again for a purpose. You were created for a specific assignment or assignments that God has uniquely positioned you for. I'm reminded of um, just listening to Mike Murdoch, you know, talk about how that everything has a purpose. God created, God's first act was not of love, was not of, you know, um, you know, having a relationship. God's first act in the book of Genesis was to create, uh, create something for a purpose. Trees have a purpose. Leaves on trees have a purpose. The glasses or the contacts in my eyes have a purpose. Uh, the truck that I'm currently driving right now has a purpose. Uh, the ring on my uh, left finger, on my ring finger, has a purpose. Everything has a purpose. You have a purpose. And what that is, is basically you kind of adhering to or getting in line and starting to seek again, what I just got done, the quote I just said about the more time that you spend in the Word, the more time you spend in fellowship with the, your Heavenly Father, 
the more he's going to reveal to you your purpose, your assignment. Now, with that assignment, when you actually kind of start to find your assignment and start to live your assignment, one of the things that you've got to realize is that, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm just even reminded of this, of this right here. Oh, wow, that's cute. I just drove by a house that instead of kind of the normal traditional Christmas lights, I'm sorry for randomly saying this, but this is just very unique. This house has got, it's like Walt Disney World, literally. Like all the lights and everything are Mickey Mouse ears and uh, the Magic Kingdom. Uh, anyway, that's really interesting. So going back, so when you have an assignment and God has called you to do something and you're in, in lockstep, you're not doing what you want to do, but you're doing what God wants you to do, okay? Well, he is the one that's going to supply every single one of your needs, okay? So let me, let me just, let me, uh, let me also back up something that I haven't said in a long time on the podcast, but something that I, I got revelation of early on and I've just meditated on this and started to apply it and I'm going to apply it to the story or this testimony that I, I'm going to uh, share with you. That is in Genesis, God had, number one, God had fellowship with Adam. God, number two, gave Adam a, an assignment, a specific assignment. And then number three, God gave Adam provision for his assignment. All right? So just Remember those three things in order. So let's talk about the story. So this, you've been sitting there, well, just tell me the story, dadgummit. <laughs> so as you guys know, I'm the head track and field coach for, uh, for the private Christian school that my children attend. It was a lifelong dream of mine. Um, I, I didn't necessarily want to be the head coach, but I always wanted to be a coach for... Uh, specifically the throwing events. I was very passionate about that and just wanted to um, teach my own children what I learned and then also teach other people what I learned about track and field and what it did for me in my life. <clears throat> well, I get, uh, the story goes is I, I approach uh, at that time the head track coach for the middle school and say, hey, I'd like to help out um, and be an assistant coach if I could. I, I'm really passionate about it. She was all about it. And so I came on board, started to invest my time and just invest my expertise into these into the athletes. Had a lot of fun just being a throwing coach. But quickly uh, that happened, that coach, that head coach, she was moving on. <clears throat> and it just happened to be that, you know, they approached me and said, I feel like that you should be the next coach. So I prayed on it and said, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. I felt the Lord leading me uh, to take over the job of being the head track and field coach for the middle school. So I've got about, you know, between 50 to 60 athletes, girls and boys, that are on my track team. And if you know anything about track and field, uh, track and field is a lot like a circus, right? <laughs> Um, you might say, what do you mean the circus? Well, track and field, if you ever watch a track and field meet, <clears throat> you have multiple things going on inside that stadium 
than just one thing going on. Like, you know, in football or in baseball, you've got one thing going on. That baseball or that football is where everything is being tracked and followed. Not so in a track and field uh, meet. That's why I say a three-room circus. Because you might have the discus throw going on, but at the same time, you could have the long jump going on, and at the same time, you got the pole vault going on, and then at the same time, you could have the 1,600-meter um, run, uh, the mile run, happening at all at the same time. So you could have six or seven things going on at one time in a track and field meet. So I've got all these athletes, and I've this first time I've actually kind of stepped into a head coaching role. And, um, you know, thankfully I had some people already in place, some coaches, because in the track and field, you need a, a jump coach, you need a pole vault coach, uh, you need a throwing coach, you need a girl sprint coach, you need a boy sprint coach, you need a distance coach, you need, I mean, it's just a lot of coaches. It's just not one coach that you need um, or two coaches, you know, like say for basketball, you might get away with just uh, having two coaches for basketball or, you know, but it's a lot like football. You got so many different positions for football that you need a lot of coaches. Well, <clears throat> for me, I had these coaches. My first year ends and <clears throat> I basically get approached by, I believe it was four, no, not including myself, four out of the six coaches saying they're not going to be back. And a lot of my coaches are community coaches. Um, that means they're basically, they're just part of the community and they wanted to contribute to track and field, which I was very grateful for them. And then I had a couple of um, faculty coaches that <clears throat> just weren't coming back. Well, here we go. This is where all this kind of comes in about, you know, you have an assignment and God's going to provide the provision. So I have a need. I have a want. That want is I need coaches. So this is in the March. This is uh, at the end of beginning of May. That all of a sudden I'm, I'm finding this out that I need coaches. So I need at least four new coaches <clears throat> uh, to come on board. And on top of that, I'll go ahead and say this: that my team mom or my AKA uh, team administrator. She also is telling me that she's not coming back as well. <laughs> so, so I'm already, you know, in the hole as far as my coaches. Well, as May happens, I go before the Lord and said, Lord, hey, I've got this need. And you've given me this assignment, and I believe your word that you are going to supply me with the right coaches. You're going to supply me with the right coaches. I'm not going to have to fret about this. I'm not going to have to you know, try to figure this out. I believe that you're going to provide the coaches uh, that are supposed to be with me and I don't have to toil for them at all. I just believe and receive according to Mark 11, verse 24. I believe and receive as I've prayed and asked, I believe and receive these coaches that I need. And that was it. And, you know, occasionally guys, occasionally as time went on, because the season really didn't start, it's not going to start until January. So even at this time of recording, the season hasn't started yet. But here I am. Jan uh, let's back up to that was May, June, July, August. I still don't have my coaches. September, I still don't have my coaches. 
October rolls around, I get a prompt from the Holy Spirit to reach out to a certain parent. And I reached out to uh, this parent. And this parent was all was actually said, hey, let me get back with you and pray over this. So within about, you know, a day or so, she texts me back and she says, I'm all in. I'll definitely be one of your coaches. Now, granted, guess what? This, this, this coach, this, this, um, this coach, she is a former Olympian, <laughs> right? She's a former Olympian for track and field. Hello. And so I'm, I'm just like beside myself, but interesting enough, she tells me on the other side of it all on her side that her daughters had been, you know, always pushing her to be a coach and had always been trying to tell her, you know, the, you know, mom, you should be a coach. And she always was kind of like, no, 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 no. Well, when she got my text, she sent it over to her daughter, one of her daughters, her oldest daughter, who's actually a track and field athlete. And her oldest daughter sends her text message back with all caps and uh, like a dozen or so exclamation mark. Yes. Uh, yes, that you should be that. Well, she got back with me and says, obviously, so yeah, so I've got, you know, this coach is on board. Another coach kind of stepped forward uh, through the a conversation that my wife was having with another wife and talked about how the, this coach knew all this stuff and actually had uh, done some things in high school and college and had experience and was open and willing to actually be a coach. So I talked to this person. They, they prayed on it um, and then got back with me. I was able to work some things out. Again, here I am. This was in uh, late, the latter part of October uh, of all this. In November, uh, I'm just kind of going about my my day uh, sometime in November, and lo and behold, the Holy Spirit's, you know, I'm uh, I'm having a conversation with the Holy Spirit again, and I don't know if it was something that, uh, you know, he jogged my memory on or whatever, but this football coach who was a community coach also reached out to me. Uh, I got prompted in my spirit to reach out to him. And he said, let me pray on it. And let me work some details out and I'll, I'll get back with you. Well, right now he's about 80 to 80% sure that he's going to do it. It's not hundred percent yet. I'm not going to, I'm not totally counting him in yet, but you know what? God's moving guys. You see this God's doing this. God's doing this. He's providing the people for me. And I didn't have to stress out about this. I, I cast it. I mean, there were times where that I was kind of stressed out about it. There were times where that I was like, oh man, you know, Lord, are you going to bring these people to me? I mean, what do I need to, you know, start sending out an email or whatever? Well, the Lord's doing it. Glory to God, not me. I didn't have to stress out about it. I'd have to, and gang, I'm just here to tell you. And again, I'm not to the finish line with this yet. I will be in Jesus name and God will provide because my faith is set on that he will provide this and I'm just going to be led by the Holy Spirit on these things, but it's been no toil. There's been no stress. There's been no uh, frustration of me trying to figure it out myself. I just only believed that I've received by faith the provision, aka coaches, what I need. And you know what? You can apply this to anything. You can apply this to, uh, you know, maybe uh, finances that you need, or you can apply this to a spouse that you need. You can apply this to, uh, let's see, to having children. 
You can, you, there's so many ways that God, because this is how God works, guys. If you remember, you have fellowship with the Father. That's key number one. You've got to be in God's Word, having fellowship, spending time with Him, and because then He's going to give you your assignment. And as He gives you your assignment, then you're going to start to see, well, hey, I, I need this resource in order to complete this assignment. Well, that's God's responsibility to bring. That's not your responsibility. Don't get in the don't get into the habit, or don't get in caught up into trying to meet your own needs. No, 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 no. That's not your job. Your job is to focus on your assignment. Case in point, I, I appreciate the Holy Spirit reminding me of this. Uh, Peter, Peter needed to pay his taxes. Went to Jesus, needed to pay his taxes. Well, guess what? Peter had a need. He needed to pay his taxes. Well, isn't it interesting that Peter went to Jesus? Jesus gave him a word. He didn't. He he just sent him on an assignment to go and fish, which Peter had already known how to fish before. He cast his uh, fishing rod out there. The first one he pulled out of the water. He was supposed to open the mouth according to the word of God that he got from the leading of the Holy Spirit, and guess what? Bam. He had a gold coin that was in the fish's mouth. He went and paid his tax and Jesus' tax at the same time. Jesus had to pay taxes. <laughs> How about that? But what, what, it, what, what was the thing? Number one, Jesus, uh, Peter had a relationship with Jesus, and he had a need, obviously, of staying on assignment of, with his ministry, and so he had a need of paying the taxes. Lo and behold, isn't it awesome how Jesus gave him a word? He'll give you a word too. He'll give you something, some prompting to do. And as he did it, boom, gold coin, pay the taxes and Jesus taxes. Guys, this is a kingdom. This is how kingdom works. This is how when you're on assignment, God's going to supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Okay? So, Kingdom of success. Know that you're blessed. You're highly favored. You're empowered to prosper. You walk in divine health. The spirit of breakthrough is upon you guys. And game will catch you on the other side.